Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeVolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. You know what that means. It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is, of course, brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That's FlyWithJT.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Fly Plan to Success, and, of course, stay connected to everything going on. In the high-altitude community, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming down the road, especially in the month of eight, uh, August and September, and really always, but uh, a lot of cool stuff coming down in the next several weeks. So make sure you get yourself over to flywithjt.com, stay connected to us, and of course, download Flight Plan to Success. You know, greatness <laughs> is kind of like wine, right? It takes time to cultivate and to refine it and to really bring out all the flavors, to create that excellent, amazing byproduct or final product that we all strive for. And this is true for just about everything, whether it's athletics, business, music, art, you name it. Even finding our own true passion sometimes takes time. I will say that some of the work that I do with people to help define and accomplish their missions in business and life, it's not something where you just flip a switch and then it's over. Right? And, and here's the interesting part about it is even when a person says, yeah, this is my mission, baby. This is what I'm here to do. This mission being the vehicle for accomplishing my vision in life. Sometimes the mission changes. Sometimes it shifts. And so finding these things, it's a bit of a project. I like to think of it as kind of the greatness project, how we find and define who we truly want to be and continue to make that lifelong pursuit of excellence, greatness, and mastery. Too, too often, though, the seduction of overnight success can trip even the most dedicated, committed performer. It doesn't matter what you're committed to, whether it's business, life, sports, that allure of overnight success, that allure of instant riches, however you define riches, can create a distraction, and we start to lose our way. We start to forget what it actually means to develop the greatness from within. You know, I've been watching the Olympics. They, of course, started this past weekend. And it's interesting because every four years we get the Summer Olympics. Uh, every four years we get the Winter Olympics. It seems like we're kind of on this cycle. Actually, I guess it's every two, two years because they kind of overlap one another. But specifically to the Summer Games, they happen just about this time of year. And every four years, of course, as does uh, the NFL preseason, National Football League, professional football here in the United States. Of course, this happens every year. But what's interesting is to watch the two going on simultaneously. They're great projection screens, if you will, of excellence. But what's important to, num- to remember here is that what you're seeing is the byproduct of years, decades of focused commitment. Whether it's the Olympics or pro sports, what you're watching 
is somebody who's been playing the sport, playing the game since they were very, very small. And now they're on this big stage for all the world to see. The lowest common denominator athlete, if you will, the lowest rung athlete on the totem pole, they have been the best of the best of the best for most of their lives. Even that person that comes in dead last, even that person that barely finishes the race, doesn't qualify for a medal, maybe doesn't even qualify for the, for the medal round, they're still elite in most circles. And yet we look at them and we see they came in eighth or whatever, and you're thinking, no, oh, you know, who are they? Lucky to be here. Absolutely not. They earned their way into it. Or you see these guys that are trying to make the 53-man roster in the NFL, and they're not going to make it. They won't make it through the first, first round of cuts, and they're still the best of the best of the best all through life for the most part, at least in their sport. The other thing you're seeing is maybe 1% of what it took to get there. We'll watch a, a, a gymnastics routine, or we'll watch a race in the pool, or we'll watch a race on the track. And that race may last just a few seconds, maybe a couple of minutes. And that's like 1% of 1% of the work and dedication that went into being able to perform in that situation, to be able to perform in that particular match, meet, or race let alone all the matches, all the meets, all the races, all the practices, all the years of working through injuries, the sacrifice of time and fun and, and all the other things that people do with their lives, these people have committed themselves to greatness. Now, it's easy to look at the, the Olympics or to look at sports or look at anything and say to yourself, well, yeah, but that's them. What about me? If you're here to create greatness in your life, no matter what it is, athletic greatness, business greatness, whatever it is for your life, there's a simple way to really commit to it. And I think it's you, you look at it as a project. You look at it as something that you build over time. You don't look at it as something as you throw a seed in the ground, water it once, and then instantly have a forest on your hands. We have to look at this as a way to cultivate our own greatness. And I think there's a few things that come to mind that can help us actually go about this systematically almost strategically, if you will. The first one probably is as inherently obvious as anything, and that is got to pick your thing, your thing, the thing that you want to aspire to be great at, the thing that you've always wanted to do, the thing that you know this is what you're willing to compare or commit your life to. And when I say commit your life to, I'm talking about the commit the rest of your life to. Because you could be anywhere in life, anywhere on the calendar of life, if you will, and it's okay if you want to commit yourself to something. Now, if you're in your 50s and you want to make the Olympics, that might be a little bit of a challenge. But if you're in your 50s, if you're in your 60s and you want to start your first business, guess what? Not a problem. Entrepreneurship, for one thing, is the great equalizer. It doesn't really matter where you come from. doesn't matter your background. I started my first business 10 years ago, and I had zero business experience. <laughs> so I can honestly say I've been an actual entrepreneur for 10 years. Not one of these pretend entrepreneurs. But what's crazy about it is I have no problem with that. And there's a lot of people out there that have been entrepreneurs, quote, their whole lives. But what's great is that you pick your thing. That's what it's, that's what it's so important. You pick the thing that you want to do, not the thing that you think is going to pay you the most money, not the thing that you think is going to be cool and exciting, not the thing that's the trend right now. You pick your thing and you do it your way. You make it your own. Very interesting to observe people that are on that path to greatness, whatever you define as great, whatever you look around and say, man, that is an example of greatness, I can promise you this, they chose that thing, they weren't called to it necessarily, perhaps they were, 
but they weren't, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, they were a born entrepreneur or a born swimmer or a born football player. That could possibly be true, but I think more than that is that they chose it. They could have easily gone a different path. They could have easily picked something else. They could have said no to the thing they were called to do, but they said yes, and they continued to work that path throughout their life, and they made it their own. They did it their way. That's key. Number two is you got to get good at what you do. Once you've chosen what you're going to do, now you got to work every single day at getting good at this. It's constant, repetitive work. It's the hard work. It's the stuff that leaves you sore. It's the stuff that leaves you tired. It's the stuff that leaves you sometimes frustrated. It means cutting no corners. It means <laughs> there's a great story about the Beatles. Do you know the Beatles, one of the greatest, most iconic bands in, in the history of the world, actually started off playing in a strip club. Now, that's pretty amazing when you think about where they are now. But they had a great attitude. They were willing to play the dumps, the dives, the ditches. They didn't care. They played the strip club for crying out loud. And yet, I see a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneur space, who don't want to start off humbly. They don't want to start off in the dumps or the dives. They want to go straight to the top. They don't want to be the person that's, you know, speaking at the local uh, chamber of commerce. They don't want to be the person that's, working small and making small peanuts and making small sales. No, no, no. They want to have the big bucks right now. They want the big commissions. They want the big fat checks. They don't want to put their time in. And that's true for athletes. That's true for musicians. I see it true for a lot of folks. But the fact of the matter is, is you got to get good at what you do. And a lot of times what that means is starting off very small, starting off in a very humble place, being willing to take those gigs that nobody else wants to take. Those gigs build experience. For years I did that. For years I did speaking in areas and venues that I didn't really care much for. But it gave me great, re great resources. It allowed me to connect to amazing people, build my network, and also obviously put the miles in, get the miles on the odometer, as I like to say. So you've got to get good at what you do. You have to be willing to commit to it long enough to get really good at it. The third thing is, is once you begin to get good at it, now is the time to recognize and appreciate your own talent because in the beginning, you're going to feel like you're not very good. You're going to think every draft that you write, every song that you sing, everything that you perform and do sucks, and it's going to be frustrating, and you're going to want to go straight from, from zero to success. You're going to want to write the final draft in the first draft, and that's not how it works. The most important thing is to be able to recognize and appreciate your talent early. But here's the key. Not just recognize it. You have to value it and you have to love it. You have to value and love what you do. You have to value and love how you do it, your personal talent. As you start to, as you start to develop that talent and start to get your, your rhythm down, you have to feel that natural enthusiasm for it and accept it. The one thing I see in all these post-race or post-event interviews with these athletes on the, on the Olympics is – for the to the person that I've noticed, and maybe I've missed a few, certainly I haven't seen them all, but the ones that I have seen, they have a genuine appreciation for their own talent. They have a genuine appreciation for their own performance. I see it. I saw it in the American, uh, the U.S. women's uh, gymnastics team. They were encouraging each other, uh, congratulating each other, and they were they were accepting. You know, they would say, "Yeah, that was one of my better run, better runs, or better um, offerings." You see it in the swimmers. Katie Ledecky is a great example. Katie Ledecky, you know, she knew she was going to break the world record. And she, when they interviewed her, she said, yeah, I was pretty sure it was going to be tonight, and I was pretty sure it was going to be on this race, so I'm not surprised. Now, is that ego? Absolutely not. Is that arrogance? I don't believe so. I believe what it is is true self-belief. 
And there's a massive difference between ego and self-belief. There's a lot of people chest-pounding. There's a lot of people pointing fingers. I'll tell you how you can tell the difference between ego and confidence. Ego is when somebody has to show off or put other people down, talk about how stupid other people are or how worthless they are or whatever to elevate themselves. I see it a lot. Unfortunately, I see it from people that I respect, people that I think are pretty cool, but unfortunate, that's the way it is. Those people are typically wounded on some level. They lack the, the capacity to truly feel authentic self-confidence. Self-confidence is where you can carry yourself quietly, stoically sometimes, and just go about your business and execute and allow your walk to do the talk for you. A great example of this, speaking of the Olympics, was just the other day, yesterday as a matter of fact. Uh, Michael Phelps was preparing mentally in the, the staging area before the 200-meter uh, race that he was going to race, and uh, the guy from South Africa was kind of jibing him a little bit. He's doing his shadow boxing and stuff, trying to get into his head. Michael was having none of it. Phelps absolutely shut the guy down mentally. It was crazy to watch. It was pretty amazing, really, but it's, it's one of the most uh, amazing you know, sort of physical video evidence of somebody preening and trying to get into somebody's head and then the master not having anything to do with it. You see, when you recognize your own talent, when you value it and when you love it, it's where you absolutely don't have to go show off. It's where you don't have to do the crazy stuff to get people to notice you. They will notice you eventually. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. They'll notice you through certain things. To be noticed doesn't mean pounding your chest. To be noticed, to get noticed, doesn't mean putting other people down to elevate yourself. What it means is showing up every single day and doing your thing, but it also means being able to value and love your own talent and value. To be able to value and, and love your own talent and to be able to say, yes, this is what I do and I can appreciate myself and I can appreciate what I do because if you don't, nobody else will. Now, the fourth thing we have to do is be able to share it, okay? Because if you've got the gift, then why not be out there on a daily basis sharing it, being prolific with it? Get it out there, even before it's, quote, awesome or <laughs> the most dangerous word in the world, ready. You want to be prolific with your message. You want to be prolific with your gift, with your talent. There are going to be times in the beginning where you're, when you're going to be a little bit awkward, right? I'm watching my son in his first year of of, of football, right? He's not quite the peewee level. He's just a little bit bigger than that. And he's learning. There are certain things he does amazingly well for a first-year player, and there are things that he's working through, that he's improving upon. But what I love about him is that he's, he loves to share his love. You know, he's out there running around. He's having a blast. I ask him, hey, man, how was, how was practice today? I'm on the sideline. I can see how he's doing, but I want to ask him, how was practice? He's like, man, I love this, Daddy. This is so awesome. I'm having so much fun. Did you see? And he starts getting all excited about it, and we have this conversation, and it's beautiful to watch. Now, does he care that he's not the best in the, on the team? No way. Does he care that sometimes he trips and stumbles over his own feet or the feet of his teammates? Absolutely not. He knows that's his opportunity to excel and to grow and to, and to improve, and that's what matters most to him. He shares his love because he does it every single day. He shows up every day to practice with a great attitude, and I venture to guess that anybody of greatness, anybody of excellence, anybody who's ever risen, to the highest levels, whether it be in sports, business, music, art, whatever it is, they have found that place where they do it, they're prolific about it, they get it out there even before it's ready because they truly love what they do. Now, the next thing we have to do, of course, when all this said, is said and done, I kind of alluded to it a moment ago, is we've got to be humble because it's not about the show, my friends. 
So many people talk about the show. So many people pound their chest and think, you know, the more I show, the more people will acknowledge me. The more people that acknowledge me, the more, you know, fan base I get, the more support I get, the more shares, the more likes, and all this stuff has got to be good, right? Wrong. Not necessarily true. It's not about the results, and it's not about the rewards. I saw a very interesting interview with the great Dave Grohl who was the former the drummer for Nirvana and then went on to found uh, the band Foo Fighters, lead singer and guitar player for Foo Fighters. I love Dave. He's got an amazing approach to not just rock and roll, but also to life. A lot of things he says are spot on. And what he was talking about is when he first started off drumming for Nirvana and for other bands, he didn't want to be on the cover of magazines. He didn't wake up one day and say, you know, one of these days I'm going to be so good they're going to put me on the cover of magazines. He just went out there to beat the ever-living crap out of his drums. And he thought, if I could play with that much passion, then that's all that I have to do. He definitely was in love with his craft. He got good at what he did. He recognized and appreciated his own value, his own talent, and he shared it. He was prolific. He played in all kinds of clubs. The the bands he played in, they played everywhere. He didn't care. He was still working a job in some furniture warehouse. But he was so humble about it, he didn't care about the rewards. He just cared about the art. He cared about playing his music. And that's the same way we have to be if we want to be excellent, is to be humble enough to say, you know what, This if this is all there is, if there are no big rewards, if there are no big paychecks, then I'm okay with that. Just the fact that I could get up and do the thing I do is gift enough right now. Because when you have that attitude, then the riches flow to you. The rewards, the results, all that stuff comes. The problem, become, uh, problem happens is when we focus on the rewards, when we focus on the results. And finally, if you're passionate, if you're focused, and if you're driven, people will notice you. They, they have to. It's almost a law of physics, a law of the universe. That when you show up with passion, with focus, and with drive, people will notice you. Why? Because it's different. It's different than everybody else. Yeah, you get a lot of people that are passionate, but they're not necessarily focused. They're passionate over here, and then all of a sudden they got this next thing they're doing, and they're over here, and they're passionate about that, but they're not focused. And that's very easy. That just becomes tedious, and you just start to ignore those people. Sometimes you see people who are passionate, and they're driven, but again, they're not very focused. But what's interesting is if you get somebody who's passionate, who's focused on something, and who's driven, they're unrelenting in their pursuit of greatness, they are remarkable. And people notice that. The same thing can happen for you. So if you're willing to take up this mantle of the greatness project and create your own greatness within yourself, the first thing is to pick the thing that you want to do, your thing. Do it your way and make it your own. Next is to get good at what you do. Constant repetitive work, constant hitting it every single day, knowing it, studying it, loving it, getting immersed in it, and being willing to play in the dumps and the dives, just like the Beatles did, to be willing to do the things that aren't necessarily awesome and glitzy and glamorous, especially early on as you get those miles on the odometer. Next is to recognize and appreciate your own talent, especially as you start to cultivate it. It's very easy to turn a blind eye and say, ah, it's not that good. Well, of course it's not that good because your taste may be saying that, hey, I could do better, and that's fantastic. What it means, though, is you have to first recognize and appreciate and value your talent before anybody else can. Then get out there and share it all the time, daily, every minute of every day. Be prolific with it. Get it out there even before it's awesome, even before it's ready. The more prolific you are in sharing your gift, the more people can see it. 
But as they start to see it, remember to be humble. It's not about the show. It's not about the results. And it's not about the rewards. Sometimes it's just about the gift of doing your thing. And when you take that humble approach, the rewards and, and the results come. And finally, be, pa- be passionate, be focused, and be driven. Because that's what people notice. It'll be rare. It'll be unique. And it'll be something that keeps their attention because they've never seen somebody or they haven't seen too many examples of people that show up passionate, focused, and driven. The ultimate trifecta to create greatness in yourself and what you do. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.